0: Welcome once again to another coffee and heroes podcast time now for our monthly preview show so as ever what we're going to be doing here is going through the the previews books the DC the Marvel and the indie books and picking out the best of what is the most deserving of your hard-earned dollar so we will uh, go through the books one by one and tell you what to buy so uh, your host is always Alan owner and operator of coffee and heroes in Belfast I'm delighted as always to be joined by Mr. Keith Miller good evening sir and how are you?
1: I am great, Alan. Thanks, and it is a pleasure to be here once again. Uh, lovely Monday evening in Belfast. Uh, something is on fire uh, just outside my window uh, over there. Um, don't and know what it is, and it's it is. definitely
0: not Will Greig, now. Uh, Sorry,
1: no, I, I yeah, that's a, that's a sport ball thing, isn't it? Yeah, someone
0: had to make that bad joke.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't believe it's a person, but it is that time of year in Belfast that it possibly could be.
0: Yeah, July is always an interesting month, especially when you run a business because uh, there's certain days you'll be closed. Obviously, over the twelfth of July. Just anybody who is listening to this, and of course, we'll announce it over over our usual social media channels. But we'll be closed next Monday, which is actually the twelfth. Uh, but we will be back open on the Tuesday, which is the thirteenth. But again, we'll uh, just we'll we'll put that out through the social medias and all the rest. But yeah, other than that, in good shape. You know, delivery arrived today typical diamond fashion one box missing mostly trades though so all the big releases are are ready to rock and roll pull lists are done i don't usually bring books home on a monday for myself but i had to bring home nice house on the lake number 2 It was it was the only concession i made uh,
1: i i can totally understand that having read the first issue um uh you you seemed fairly busy today whenever i dropped in with uh, with the dog uh your your uh your
0: delivery had just arrived and uh you were boarding and bagging like a maniac yeah that's it i mean well obviously for anybody again who's who's new to the store everything always comes bagged and boarded so monday is a a little bit of an exercise in uh, contrition to say the least but it's always worth it always make sure everything's bagged and boarded best possible condition and of course based on these previews we know what to order so that's why we're going to take you through them because otherwise you, you look at these books and you know admittedly keith and i do get nearly everything out of them but that's not a healthy way to do it so we're best pointing you in the right direction of the best stuff so yeah we're just going to jump straight into it so just again this is the july previews book so these are uh, titles that are predominantly released in september Uh, i just got emails through today the cutoff date for orders is wednesday the 21st of july so good couple of weeks to get the orders in and uh you know the books themselves will be in the store as well. So as well as listening to us here, you can also check out the books for yourself uh, in store if you fancy hanging out for a little while. But yeah, we've we've got the three different books here. You know, I always throw in a wee intro for the DC book and I thought it was a, a strong DC book this month and damn it, it is so good to have a physical copy again for the store. Uh, word around the campfire is that the digital DC Connect wasn't quite getting the amount of engagement DC had hoped for and so it's reverted back to a physical previews book. And you have to say it makes sense, you know, if you're using a digital medium to sell physical books, that's not the best idea. So stick with this, physical book to sell physical comics. So for DC this month, we're kicking off a Batman event in earnest. You know, the the alpha issue of this event was in last month's previews. So there's still plenty of time to get your pre-orders in for that if you're a little bit late to the party. Uh, but with this one, there's going to be a host of tie-ins across the Bat Family books. And, you know, if High Tinian structured Joker War is anything to go by, I think this will be another instant classic We've a new series from one of our favorite creators, Joshua Williamson, to get excited about. Uh, we have another title for one of DC's legacy superhero teams. Tons of great continuing series. A few with some jumping on points and some of them will just be continuing. And then there's a good selection of graphic novels to finish off DC's July previews book. So, what about the Marvel book? How's it looking?
1: Yeah, it's it's strong uh, in September, uh, I would say. It's... Uh... I mean, from, from Marvel in September, we have a couple of, of big events kicking kicking off proceedings uh, with, uh, you talk about one of our favorite creators, we have Tom Taylor on Dark Edges, which seems to be more of a general event, not confined to a, a particular family, uh, a Marvel Heroes event, if you will. Uh, and then coming up uh, immediately behind that is Inferno, which uh, is the name of a, an old X-Men event and is the, the new X-Men event. It's a four-parter, and it seems to be bringing the fantastic, game-changing work that uh, Jonathan Hickman has been doing on the X-books to a head. So whether or not we'll see, we'll see Hickman continuing as the head of X. But either way, I mean, after that planet-sized X-Men last week, uh, I really can't see things going back back or anywhere near to the status quo we were we were talking about. And uh, just have a listen to the reviews pod from last week if you wanna, if you wanna hear what we're chatting about. So. We'll chat a wee bit more about those later. We've got Nick Spencer's final issue on Amazing Spider-Man after a much lauded uh, three-year run, which included an awful lot of great, uh, great arcs. Um, Jed McKay, who's been doing such great work on Black Cat, on a Doctor Strange miniseries, Extreme Carnage, which is a slightly odd collection of Carnage family-related one-shots, comes to an end. I'm not on that myself, but uh, I mean that that that's currently ongoing and comes to an end. And it looks like we've got the return of. Onslaught under the able pen of one of my favorites, Cy Spurrier. Kazar of the Savage Land is back, and we have a continuation of a load of books that have started over the past month or two, as well as stalwarts from the, the X titles, uh, with the, the return of legendary Larry Hammer. He's coming back to his and Wolverine in X-Men Legends. Uh, and it looks like we have a New York on Alien, uh, which I know we've both been enjoying. Uh, Miles Morales celebrates his tenth anniversary as Spider-Man, ten years. Um, and Al Ewing's Last Annihilation across uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Sword comes to the conclusion that that kicked off in Guardians of the Galaxy this past week, and it was phenomenal stuff. So there's there's a lot to love in September from Marvel, I have to say. And you know, you you add in some of the some of the stuff at the back, you know, the the uh, trade paperbacks and such, and you've got a fairly packed book, I have to say.
0: Yeah, those trade paperbacks and omnibus are getting me like crazy at the moment when it comes to the Marvel books <laughs> and they're putting out some great stuff and some you know reprints of early stuff as well, which we'll, we'll certainly get to. So, so that's DC and Marvel. And then you have the indie book and once again, a really strong indie book this month. And what's really good about it is it's got a great spread of titles from a variety of publishers. You know, usually one publisher stands out. Uh, but in terms of single issues, I think it's really strong across the board. But I would say in terms of graphic novel collections, I'd say Image wins this month with so many of our favorite titles of this year so far being collected for their first trades. Mm. But there's tons of great titles across all the publishers. Yeah, I mean, again,
1: there seems to be plenty of horror books on the horizon. Uh, and that's that's something we're becoming more and more familiar with uh, over over the last year or or more and there's even a dynamite book to get excited about that's not one that appears very often on our on our list and it's with a creator that we're fairly familiar with so it'll be hard to turn up the nose at that one and uh, we always do say you know follow your favorite creators so there we go
0: yeah believe it or not, a dynamite preview on this pod. There's a first for everything. <laughs> uh, there's also some good deluxe graphic novels, you know, for sort of collectors who like their their more deluxe hardcovers, their, their sort of more limited edition graphic novels to look forward to. And Boom seem to be continuing their expansion into the deluxe hardcover omnibus market. We saw it last month with Something is Killing the Children, and uh, another of their strongest titles is going to be getting that treatment as well. So, Lots of great stuff to look forward to in the indie book, and we will certainly get to that, but we'll kick things off as we always do with the the DC book. As I say, great to have a physical copy again in store. They have um, shortened it a little bit to a degree in that... They have sort of condensed all the ongoing titles in the back into a few a few pages rather than it being a really, really thick book. It, it does seem, if you didn't know that, if you pick up the DC book and you pick up the Marvel book, there's a heck of a difference.
1: I, I have to say I think that is a good idea. I think that's something that the Marvel previews book could learn from the recently returned uh, DC book. As you say, it is great to see it back in print, uh, print medium to, to to sell print print stuff for sure. But yeah, I think that's really clever. Those wee thumbnails and the slightly, you know, smaller columns of text. You know, to 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 look at the the ongoing books while spotlighting the the, the jumping on points and the new starts. Great idea.
0: No, hundred percent, hundred percent. But it's probably no surprise of anybody, or to anybody that there's a a big sort of heavy emphasis on Batman this month. Some great looking stuff related to the bat titles, including a brand new series, which is sort of a continuation of a series.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, f- with Future State, uh, John Ridley started working on uh, the next Batman, uh, and we're now seeing a, cur- a current series called the next Batman, <laughs> um, which is, is coming to an end. But it's been it's been really phenomenal. The you know that that second series is the the prequel to the Future State stuff, and with this, uh, we're we're going we're going straight into it with a it looks like an ongoing, is it? By John Ridley and uh, yeah, it Oliver, appears to be. A, a, yeah, uh, John Ridley and Olivier Coypel, uh, who, who, who used to be fantastic on, on Thor and has done uh, magic order of a lot of different uh, bits and pieces. So uh, so that's going to be a, a great a great team, uh, an award-winning artist and a, an Academy Award-winning writer. And it, it reads, in the throes of Future State, the streets of Gotham City cry for justice and Jace Fox answers the call. With a new and improved bat suit, Jace hits the streets to inspire and protect as he follows the trail of the voice of misinformation and violence, the anarchistic anti-Oracle, can the new Dark Knight counterbalance their plan to inspire armed rebellion in the citizens of Gotham? Can one man inspire a city? So that's, uh, that's really interesting. I think there's some stuff that's been built in uh, in Batman currently, in Tinian's run, that would, uh, you know, in a few other bits, uh, that, the, I think it was the Urban Legends book, there was a, an Oracle one-shot and I think that may have been sort of highlighting maybe who the new anti-Oracle is. Uh, but one of the great things about the next Batman title is the, the family dynamic as well with the Fox family and uncovering the history of of Jace and, and his relationship with,
0: with, with Luke, Batwing and the other members of the family. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, same same with me. I mean, the next Batman Second Son's been fantastic. The last issue of that's out this week. It's just been a four-issue series, but very, very strong. It's, it's just nice to see the sort of interlinking of all the, the DC Batman stuff at the moment, because that was all future state. And then the big Batman event this month is fear state. And this is obviously Ooh. what's going to lead to that future state. So we're going to see more on Peacekeeper 1. We're going to see more on the characters that were introduced further along in future State. So... Again, the the big event this month, as well as um, Batman launching, is Batman Fear State, and this is going to run through a lot of the Batman books. So the the predominant title, first of all, that comes out is a one-shot, which is Batman Fear State Alpha. Again, that was solicited last month, but there's still plenty of time to get your uh, pre-orders in for that. But it begins in earnest this month with uh, titles... Such as Batman one twelve and one thirteen. There's going to be tie-in issues with uh, Catwoman number thirty-five, with Nightwing eighty-four, Batman Detective Comics ten forty-three, and Harley Quinn number seven. Now, with these ones, Keith and I always have a a, an interesting view when it comes to tie-ins. You know, you want it to add value. They they shouldn't be essential. But if this is anything like as I, I stated in the intro, like Joker War. I found all those tie-ins really, really good. I thought they really added to the overall story. And the thing is, most people who are on Batman in our store anyway are on Nightwing because Nightwing's just class. Uh, They're also Mm -hmm. mostly on Detective Comics as well. The only ones I would say that maybe people are not on is the likes of Catwoman and the likes of Harley Quinn. Now, if I had to recommend one out of the two of those, I would highly recommend Catwoman because the stuff Ram V's doing on it is fantastic, and if it's going to be linked into this series, I think that might be uh, a decent we dip into the the world of the Ram V Catwoman. But but again, these shouldn't be essential. I think the main story is going to run through Batman itself and uh with that as i say, there's going to be two issues this month so both written by james tinian and both uh, with art by jorge jimenez good to see there's no artist change there and uh with detective comics yep dan mora is back as well you may have heard us talk in our reviews pod recently about uh, victor bogdanovich doing a little bit of fill-in art on detective comics but we want our dan Mora on detective comics i think at this point <laughs> but yeah sorry go ahead
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I see even with uh, with Nightwing eighty four, um, we've got uh, we've got Tom Taylor uh, still on that, but we'll be with 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 Tim Drake and Oracle so closely related to that book. This looks like where we're gonna, we're going to be investigating who Anti Oracle is, uh, and that makes perfect sense for a book that has Oracle as a, you know, as a, a I guess a backup character and and Tim himself,
0: Tim Drake himself, who's a bit of a tech whiz, uh, you know, involved there. Yeah. Well, the one thing I will say is if you're looking at the DC Connect book and you see this really bitching cover with Nightwing and Robin on it, it says in very small letters below it, not final cover. And that's because that cover is being used for a second print, I believe, of number 81, So, uh, yeah. which was a heavy Tim Drake issue. So the, the main cover will be different for that. But yeah, just for Batman Fear State, the little blurb goes, the event over a year in the making has begun. Fear State settles upon Gotham City and no one is safe. Overwhelmed by the dual threat of the Scarecrow and Peacekeeper 1, Batman and his allies have been one step behind since the events of Infinite Frontier 0. And with the mysterious anti-Oracle spreading misinformation and the return of Poison Ivy, Batman might have more than he can handle. So again, Tinian has our full trust at this point. He, he's been linking the titles together brilliantly. He's been you know forging a brilliant new path for Batman. And again, all those titles that are linked in, are all very strong at the moment. I mean, I actually really, really enjoy Harley Quinn as well. It's been written by Stephanie Phillips, who uh, is on a title I believe you've been enjoying, A Man Among You. That's quite right. the the only The only pirate
1: title on the go at the minute,
0: um, I think. And that in itself is just a terrible thing but Mm -hmm. give us more pirates. But yeah, that's Batman Fear State. So again, the main title is going to be, or the main storyline is going to be through Batman, but the, uh, the tie in issues there are Catwoman, Nightwing, Detective Comics, and Harley Quinn. So that's Batman Fear State. What else have we got in the Batman family?
1: We've got episode, sorry, issue seven of Batman Urban Legends. And with this, we are turning towards all future stories of Batman and Gotham City. Uh, And the cover has me very excited because If I'm not mistaken, that's uh, our very own uh, Batman of the Future, Terry McGuinness. So we've got stories by Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly, and others. Pencils and Arts by Max Dunbar and others. And it says, The Legend of the Dark Knight only begins with Bruce Wayne. For centuries to come, different people will take up the mantle of Batman and defend the times we're living in from all forms of villainy. Uh, See four of the finest bats the future has to offer. In Neo-Gotham, Bruce Wayne lies murdered in the Batcave. Terry McGinnis Bruce Wayne's final protege will travel into the dark heart of Neil Gotham to find who killed the greatest hero in the city ever knew uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be the, the Batman Beyond stuff which is just some of my favorite uh, DC stuff second up we have in Future State Cassandra Cain just wants to enjoy a hot meal but the magistrate's pursuit of her is relentless and then in a blasted future the dark knight stands alone against a murderous gang threatening his ruined city and their mysterious leader will be a shocker. Uh, sounds a wee bit uh, Dark Knight Returns, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. Mm. And then finally, in the 853rd century, Batman 1 million is a warden that must contain the galaxy's criminals. But today there's a breakout on Pluto. So that's going to be a an interesting one for sure. A wee, bit of a, a wee bit of a turn for Batman Urban Legends there in issue 7.
0: Yeah, we, we always thought that Urban Legends was just going to be a six-issue mini, but I don't know, maybe it's selling well, maybe they've just got more stories lined up they want to tell. I mean, I, I kind of get the impression one or two people might have maybe nipped off Urban Legends after six issues, you know, the Chip Zdarsky story wraps up, the Rosenberg Grifter story wraps up, but then the throw Batman beyond that, and you're like, damn it, you have me again, so... Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, Batman Urban Legends number seven. Uh, another title Batman related, but probably is of more interest to Fables fans out there. This is a bit of a random one that sort of came out of nowhere, but this is Batman versus Bigby, a wolf in Gotham. Now, for anybody who's read Fables, Bigby is essentially a, a master detective based on the big bad wolf. Uh, Fables is something I've only really read about maybe the first 15 issues of. I've never finished it all, but it seems to be that Fables is going to be coming back from DC Comics and they are reintroduced it almost with this uh, Batman vs. Big Beowulf and Gotham crossover. This is going to be a six-issue mini. Its story is by Bill Willingham, who of course created Fables, and art is by Brian Level. But this is going to be, as I say, in advance before Fables comes back, and it's not going to be a relaunch of Fables per se. It's going to be a continuation. I believe Fables finished at issue 151, there, thereabouts, and apparently when it comes back it's just going to pick up its numbering straight away and go with 152. But this could be an interesting one, as I say. Six issues. Uh, with the blood drag Gotham's fourth gruesome murder scene in as many weeks, Batman is stumped. The same hallmarks haunt each investigation. Brute force entries, bodies ripped to shreds and stamped with enormous bite marks, and clamps of fur, wolf fur, scattered in the wreckage. The streets buzz with rumours of the werewolf of Gotham. Determined to, to crack the case, Batman finds no leads in a mysterious hairy chain-smoking figure dogging his every move. The Dark Knight's dangerously close to losing his cool when a series of bombings levels the city's libraries in the days leading up to the 32nd annual Gotham Literary Festival. As Batman narrows in on the bookworm and his literary henchmen, he discovers that an invaluable book from another world is at the centre of violence. Stranger still, the wolf is in on him. But what kind of monster is built from such brains and brawn, and is he an enemy or an ally? So Worlds Collide as a Gotham mystery, kickstarts that return to fables. Some pretty good preview art for this as well. I'd, I'd be interested in that. You never know, it might actually get me fully into fully into fables. That's just a bit of a blank spot for me at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, re- I think I read the first omnibus or something. Um, so maybe about the same as,
0: as you had. Yeah, we did uh, it as a book club a, a long while back. So we did, and it, it sort of grabbed some but not others. But we'll, we'll maybe get back to that at some point. Uh, I, I'd say worthwhile. I can't really use the excuse of it's too long, given that I pummeled through, you know, all of invincible in the space of about a month. So, <laughs> but, uh, the next one up is, uh, I'll let you take point in this one. Actually, we had it on our notes that I would take point, but I think this is, I'll, I'll let you go ahead with this one.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you. Um, and the reason, the reason why is because, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, a Josh Williamson, uh, joint. Uh, so it is with pencils and inks by Howard Porter. Who's a, a bit of a DC stalwart. Um, and Such I believe is... he
0: did a lot of art through the Flash for Williamson, didn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah, he he did a, a wee bit. Uh, Trials of Shazam. I uh, worked with uh, Mark Wade quite a bit actually uh, on I think maybe some of his only Marvel stuff, Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so uh, so it's great to see those guys working together on Deathstroke Incorporated number one, and I believe this is an ongoing as well, is it on?
0: Yeah, it seems to be. Normally they'll specify if it's miniseries, sort of say one of six, that kind of thing, but usually Ooh. if it's left blank, that means ongoing.
1: So after suffering too many losses, Slade Wilson decides it's time for a change uh, when he's enlisted to work with an edges old secret organisation called Trust uh, who want to take down the heavy hitter villains he's all in, thus applying with a, an all new team and resources for his new mission into the depths of the white weirdest parts of the DCU, including a new partner Black Canary. Wait, what? Enjoy explosions, kick-ass actions, new outrageous adventures as DC's meanest SOB gets tangled up in a major mystery, building in the shadows of the DCU. That's a couple of mysteries building in the shadows of the DCU. <laughs> Checkmate on the go as well. But uh, that sounds really interesting with with Joshua Williamson at the helm. Can't be bad, and maybe a little more connected to uh, overarching things
0: than you might think, with with Joshua Williamson being the the head of of Infinite Frontier. Yeah, I think you've said it before. He seems to be the the sort of background architect of the current DC continuity, and and what a good job he's doing. There's some really cool art in progress shots there as well. It looks it looks like it's going to be a pretty beautiful book, very action packed. And again, you can't go wrong with that uh, that creative team. So yeah, that's Deathstroke Inc. Uh, Joshua Williamson and Howard Porter on that one. Uh, Following that, just going through the books, there's a couple of Aquaman miniseries. You've got Aquaman The Becoming from Brandon Thomas and Art by Diego Olortiegi. You've got a new Black Manta miniseries coming as well, which is from uh, one of the creators of... Oh no, it's not. I take take that back. It's actually by (laughs) Chuck Brown, not Chuck Dixon. Uh, I was about to say one of the creators of Bane. Got too excited by Chuck. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be a six-issue miniseries as well. Black Manta. This is a story by Chuck Brown and art by Valentin Delandro. We have a little mini series as well spinning out of the HBO Max Harley Quinn show, which is sure to appeal to quite a few. This is a six-issue miniseries. I believe this has been basically mooted as Harley Quinn, the animated series 2.5. So this is going to fill in stories between series 2 and 3. Uh, stories are by T. Franklin and art by Max Sarin. What else have we got here? We've got the usual DC Halloween uh, anthology, which is called Are You Afraid of Darkseid? Which just comes with a ridiculously charming cover of Damien telling stories around the campfire and Darkseid standing behind him, which I think just seems really cool. But the next big one is, again, another one that is right up your alley. Uh, This one is a seven-issue mini.
1: Sure is. A seven-issue mini of Titans United. So it's the Titans, so I'm, I'm already interested. It's by uh, by Calvin Scott, who's the current uh, writer on Star Wars High Republic, I believe, but he's, he's, a, he's a British guy with a real interest in, in career, and, uh, you know, he's done stuff for Doctor Who as well, and uh, done comic or novel adaptions of Vikings and Pacific Rim and Sherlock Holmes, um, and I think he was involved with the, the Big Finish productions as well, you know, the talking books mm-hmm. for uh, the Highlander series and Black Seven, I think, and... Um, But yeah, the Titans United, Kevin Scott, pencils by Jose uh, Luis. Uh, The Titans face the greatest challenge, their own powers. Nightwing, Donna Troy, Superboy, Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and Red Hood kick off a thrilling new case that will lead one of their own to question not only their place in the team,
0: but their very existence. Ooh. No, you love you. A bit of Titans stuff. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but a little bit of a, a, a sort of comeback for the titans recently obviously teen titans academy is a title we've been really enjoying uh so there seems to be a little bit of a comeback for them because mm, the titans have sure. sort of been ignored for a few years i would say a
1: little bit a little bit
0: yeah so that is uh another wee series. look forward to so titans united one of seven so yeah, just there's a couple of trades then to finish off the DC book. Uh, I highly recommend Joker Volume One's going to be hitting in September. So that's uh, James Tinian on writing Gia March on Art. There's going to collect issues 1 to 6 of that. It's going to be in a, a hardcover. I'm sure if you've listened to us before and listened to Reviews Pods, you'll have heard us you know, talk very, very highly of that series. We have Far Sector Hitting Trade, which was a 12 issue uh, DC Young Animal series with an alternative Green Lantern uh, that I've heard really good stuff about. We've got the next DC Black Label oversized hardcover, so we know Keith won't be interested, uh, which is uh, the other history of the DC Universe. So again, John Ridley on writing duties here. And then art in that one is Giuseppe Camancoli, Andrea Cucci. And then, yeah, we've got a, a whole bunch of just continuing series, you know. Uh, Bits and pieces are starting to wind down, actually, this month. We have the last issue of Batman Superman. It's the series finale at issue 22. We have the last issue of Rorschach this month, which is issue 12. The last issue of Strange Adventures, which is number 12 as well. So lots of really good stuff to uh, to look forward to in September, as I say. Um, yeah, a couple of good wee trades at the back there as well. You have American Vampire 1976. But the big one that's going to be expensive for me that's at the back here is The Batman by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo Omnibus Volume 2. So that is DC Connect in a nutshell. Uh, So we'll move away from that and we'll move on to the three times thicker Marvel book. (laughs) (laughs) So Marvel, here we go. Um, So yeah, a couple of events to kick things off here. I'm just going to introduce this one just because uh, there's going to be a few other events that I think Keith's going to go into a bit more detail on, but a book that we're very much looking forward to here, and again, it's the old classic, you know, follow creators. There is going to be an event that initially was teased last free comic book day. Now, obviously, that was a a slightly jarring free comic book day last year. Things were moved around the way the world was and so forth. But there was an X-Men free comic book day, and at the back of that, you had a... A mystery story like they didn't even advertise it was going to be in it but it was a story involving Iron Man and it was written by Tom Taylor and arced by Iban Quello. so Marvel stalwart right there and this is a series called Dark Ages so this is going to be a six issue mini series uh, and this basically is going to be one of those classic Tom Taylor outside of continuity All bets are off, so prepare to see your favourite characters mangled, I would say. (laughs) So, uh, the blur for this one is, uh, this is what the Watcher has been watching for. A danger older than the Earth threatens everything. For once, the heroes who have saved the planet so many times are almost powerless in the face of it. X-Men and Avengers assemble. Spider people and Fantastic Four come together. Heroes for Hire fight alongside champions. None of it will be enough. The lights are about to go out. The world outside our window is about to end. An all-new saga of the Marvel Universe, as you've never seen it before, from Tom Taylor and Eban Quello, and that is going to launch with a 40-page issue one. So the preview art for this looks fantastic. I mean, you I think you summed it up well as well. This is not like a, an Avengers event or an X-Men event. Mm. This is a Marvel Universe event.
1: Certainly. certainly looks like it. It's six issues, is that right?
0: Six issues, yeah.
1: Um and uh, yeah, it has had a lot of a lot of foreshadowing, obviously. But the the the, the calling card of it, you know, they seems to be what if the superheroes lose, and those two wee words at the start are significant. Uh, what if, mm-hmm. uh, you know? So I wonder is this is this taking place under the under the new what if banner as uh, you know as premiered in uh, Spider's Shadow by Chip Zdarsky? Um So that was that was sort of interesting. But yeah, it's. It seems, it seems really interesting. Tom Taylor's called Dark Ages a story unlike any uh, we've told before, um, that the, the hero's defeat will usher in an exciting new age full of heartbreaking loss and unimaginable stakes. As the word is remade, fans will meet fascinating new versions of their favorite heroes as they fight to overcome insurmountable odds and survive er, and restore the hope to the universe. Um, the story apparently begins with the shocking revelation of what The Watcher has been watching for all these years. So, I mean, The Watcher has been around for a long time, so they're, they're looking at, you know, untold layers of continuity. Uh, and I guess, again, The Watcher is an interesting one because The Watcher used to introduce all the what-if stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, lends a wee bit of extra credence to that. Um so yeah, I'm really I'm really excited about this. X-Men and Avengers will assemble. Spider People and Fantastic Four will come together. Heroes for Hire will fight alongside champions, but none of it will be enough. The lights are about to go out forever. Um, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. I'll be yeah, I'll be straight in with this one for sure.
0: Yeah, as ever we'll be full on Tom Till no matter what he writes, and he continues to be one of the few creators I think at the moment that just so effortlessly floats between Marvel and DC and Everybody loves him. Everybody loves Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so that is Dark Ages number one. That's going to be a six-issue mini series. So what else is Marvel offering this month?
1: Well, as we mentioned at the start, we have uh, so that's six issues of Dark Ages. We have a four-issue X event, which uh, was teased very recently uh, in the last issue of X Men uh, by by uh, Jonathan Hickman. And that's the Inferno event by Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Sheedy on art. Uh, Lots of different variant covers, Stormbreaker covers, wraparound covers, uh, so forth and so on. But it says this is the culmination of Jonathan Hickman's X-Men beginning here. There will be an island, not the first, but the last. Promises were made and broken. The rulers of Krakoa have been playing a dangerous game with a dangerous woman. And we know who that is. Uh, And they're about to see how badly that can burn them. Mastermind of the X-Men, Jonathan Hickman, brings his plans to a head, joined by an incredible lineup of artists beginning with Valerio Shidi, as one woman follows through in her promise to burn the nation of Krakoa to the ground. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Inferno was, was a previous um, name that was used for a previous uh, X uh, event many, many years ago that involved the, uh, the coming of Limbo to the real world and demons coming through all led by, by magic. Um, the the ex current commander of the of the, the X Men as uh, one of their armory armies, their sergeants rather. So yeah, this is this is really interesting. This as if, if if what it says is true and it's it's it is the culmination of Jonathan Hickman's X Men, then it's not to be missed. Uh, four issues doesn't look if you look through the book like there's there's tie-ins or there's there's any there's any tie-ins to other, other issues. So this looks like a good clean four issues. And I mean, what they've been setting up with uh, with Moira, with Mystique, with Destiny and Charles and Magneto um, is just—it's—it it's, looks like a like a powder keg ready to go off. So definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to this one. I can tell you that much. Um, following that i guess uh we can't go we can't go anywhere without mention amazing spider-man 74 which was is uh i think nick spencer's final issue on uh, on amazing spider-man we've got uh patrick gleason mark bagley and marcello ferreira uh, on that with a cover by patrick gleason and a whole lot of virgin variants and miles moranis tenth anniversary variants and all sorts of variants it's Amazing spider-man 875 or amazing spider-man number 74 um and the whole amazing spider-man team is coming together to bring you a massive issue that is a culmination of three years of spider-man it's all leading to this haunted sins rising last remains king's ransom chameleon conspiracy sinister war and so much more all led to this climax and conclusion to nick spencer's landmark run on the best comic book in the world what will happen with Peter and MJ, Mysterio, J Jonah Jameson, Norman Osborn, ant May, and Kindred? Find out here, ninety-six pages. Yeah, do you
0: think they're end? do you think they're going to give uh, Peter a little bit of a happy ending here for a while? Given that uh, I believe when the new creative team come in, they're going to be focused on Ben Riley quite a bit. Is that correct?
1: Uh, certainly, we've heard uh, that uh, Ben Riley will be returning. Um, if if it goes anything like it went the first time Ben Reilly was was on the show, uh, he took over as Spider Man and uh, and Peter and Mary Jane retired uh, to uh, New England uh, to to have a family and that didn't go so well. Um, at that time, of course, Peter thought he was the clone and Ben thought he was the original. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what'll happen. I mean, I'm always, as I say, happy to see Ben Riley as Scarlet Spider or Spider Man back in the fold. But no, I, Nick Spencer doesn't have doesn't have a habit of going easy on Peter so I don't think he's going to start here somehow
0: Yeah but look at that cover it's so full of hope and joy and blue skies and happy MJ and you know keep keep the faith keep the faith never know it might are, you, end. are you are you looking at a different cover than I am Uh I've got this one which of course doesn't help us in a uh audio medium but uh
1: Oh yes the are swinging through the air yeah. flowers and so forth so and I've got a, I've got another one which uh has uh, Mary Jane captured by Kindred, and his millipedes everywhere, and Mysterio coming out of a cloud? And
0: ah, that's the variant by so. Mark Bagley.
1: That's the matter. Well, why, that. Why else? Why, what else would you need? You know?
0: <laughs> this is very true. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, where Spider-Man goes from here. Obviously, there's going to be that new creative team and and new direction for Spidey, so we will await that with glee. So, yeah, continuing through the book here, another one that I know we're both looking forward to, and for me, I'm looking forward to this as much for the creative team as I am for the character, is The Death of Doctor Strange, number one. So this is going to be a five-issue mini series, and this is a great creative team here. So you've got Jed McKay, who's been doing such great stuff with Marvel recently. I know for you it's more on the sort of Black Cat Spidey side of things, I've been enjoying his Avengers mech stuff has been a lot of fun. But you've also got Lee Garbet on Art and he is the artist on uh Shadecraft. That was also the artist mm-hmm. on Skyward, which was a recent one. But yeah, Doctor Strange he never seems to get a full run of it. He seems to get lots of mini series and, and and shorter runs. But with this one, it is Death Comes from the Sorcerer Supreme. Dr. Stephen Strange is the world's greatest neurosurgeon and Earth Sorcerer Supreme. He defends our planet from the supernatural and interdimensional threats no other hero is equipped to handle. But What would happen if he unexpectedly died? Who would protect Earth and keep the mystical evils at bay? And most importantly, who kills Stephen Strange? The final chapter in the life of Doctor Strange starts here by Jed McKay, who worked on the aforementioned Black Cat but is also working on the upcoming Moon Knight, and Lee Garbet, who worked on Captain Marvel as well. So, gotta love that Gene Colan you know, variant cover. That just mm. screams classic era Doctor Strange.
1: Certainly does. Yeah, very much looking forward to this. I enjoyed uh, enjoyed what Jed McKay has been doing on that uh, Infinite Destinies annuals sort of stuff. He uh, it was the uh, Iron Man annual it was fantastic, and Stephen has been ranting about him for ages on on Black Cat. So uh, there you are.
0: Yeah, so that is uh, Death of Doctor Strange. That's going to be a five issue miniseries. So what is
1: there's a Stephanie Hans variant covering this as well, Alan.
0: Oh, that is nice. Yeah, we mm-hmm. do. I mean, she is about to have a little bit more time in her hands, as we will get to when we get to the indie book. <laughs>
1: yeah. So uh, pushing straight through the the Extreme Carnage stuff, we've got uh, It's Coming to an End with Extreme Carnage Omega by Philip Kennedy Johnson. And on a an Eternals one-shot by uh, by the Eternals writer, Kieran Gillen. The one-shot's called Thanos Rises. Thanos always deserves his own one-shot. Um, beautiful cover by Isad Ribic, who's the regular artist on Eternals. Uh, maybe this is a case of uh, of giving Esad Ribic a wee bit of time, just to to get a month ahead of himself. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks it looks really good. Um, says Eternals are not are created, not born. They have families, but their families make no new children. It's simply not what Eternals do. Some of them thought they could find a way to change that and believed it would be for the best they were terribly terribly wrong so uh i think this is a this is a bit of a thanos origin uh from the point of view of the eternals so that could be interesting um up following that say we've got a we've got a couple of one shots uh a wakanda one shot and a a wiccan and hulkling one shot to that i think are tie-ins to last annihilation uh from uh from Al Ewing that's uh, across the guardians of the galaxy and sword series that he's writing and straight on to X-Men, the onslaught revelation. There's been some stuff brewing in the size sprayers way of X, uh, which is the nightcrawler um, sort of, I guess laying down the ethics rules and morals of, of Krakoa and what, it, what, it, what a new society is built on. But uh, there's been some stuff brewing there uh, alongside uh, nightcrawler and, uh, and, uh, Professor X's son Legion, and Cypher's got this got this one shot, and of course, anything an onslaught related, I'm I'm there. Uh, that was a fantastic storyline at the time. It says you have strayed from the way of X. The onslaught is upon you. The X Men's greatest foe, mutant kind's primal evil, slithers in the minds of its most senior leaders. Uh, the kids whisper uh, of the Crucible, a party to end all parties, a party to end everything. The seals are broken. The trumpets have sounded. Only a small band of eccentric mutants can hope to break the fall. Can Nightcrawler light the spark that will drive out the shadows, or will Krakoa simply slip into the abyss? So this is this is interesting. If you know your onslaught, you know that onslaught is a product of uh, Professor X's uh, psyche joined with the, the darkness of Magneto's psyche, uh, and uh, those two, of course, are the are the two top dogs on on
0: Krakoa. So this could be interesting. And Cysperre, what else can I say? So I mean that almost sounds a little bit like a of X annual, if you will. Same with the Eternal Thanos Rises. It's almost like they're uh, setting them up as annuals, sort of one shots. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's maybe some maybe spreading into something else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, because if if onslaughts back, then I would hate to see it just to be for for one issue sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But uh, but let let's see what happens. You could be very. You could be right there for sure.
0: So moving on from there, we have another miniseries launching, which is uh, *Kazar, Lord of the Savage Land. So this is a five-issue miniseries. So we'll launch with a new number one, you have Zach Thompson writing this one, and Jermaine Garcia on art, uh, covered by Jesus Says. Now, I'm not too familiar with the artist Jermaine Garcia. Zach Thompson has written a couple of Aftershock titles actually that I've really enjoyed which have been quite heavily horror based so I kind of wonder how much uh, you'll be able to work a little bit of horror into this. I would say this might be a a good fit for him but there you go. Khazar is back from the dead with a whole new terrifying set of powers. The alien Kotari murdered him. The Savage Land brought him back. Lord Plunder has returned with a vastly new perspective. Now united with Shanna the She-Devil in a mystical merging of life energies Khazar has new abilities, new needs and new enemies. An ancient evil has surfaced in the Savage Land, one that is rapidly reshaping the Forgotten World and its inhabitants. Kazar and Shanna must fight together to protect their home and family, but their son Matthew has plans of his own. Don't miss this spectacular adventure through the Lost Lands by Zach Thompson and Jermaine Garcia. So, a little bit of a Conan-y type vibe, perhaps?
1: Yeah, uh, uh, maybe. Maybe, though that's... uh, With Zach Thompson on writing, I'm not just 100% sure. I've loved Undone by Blood which uh, is a book by by zach thompson so uh, yeah i'll be i'll be picking that up just purely because of the work that he's done on that uh on that book um but uh, Kazar's had a, had a funny history with marvel you know he's there and he's gone again uh he's had one shots he's had series that were mini series series that were cancelled before their time um so yeah be interested to see where he goes with this one especially if he's got a, a new par set which is, is always fun
0: yeah well, as uh, of course, we can't get away completely from uh, the world of Spider-Man either, can we? I see someone else's uh, got a bit of an anniversary coming up here. Yeah, absolutely. Can you believe that uh,
1: that Miles Morales has been Spider-Man for 10 years?
0: Where does the time go?
1: Um, so, yeah, this is Saladin Ahmed, who is the, the current uh, writer on Miles Morales, joined by Phil Lord, Chris Miller who was uh, involved very heavily with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, Kemp Powers and more. We've got the On Art, uh, Carmen Carnero, Sarah Pacelli and more. Uh, A few variant covers, and there's actually a few Miles Morales Spider-Man 10th Anniversary variant covers running throughout the Marvel books this this month. So happy 10th anniversary, Miles Morales. This is it, 10 years of Spider-Man and his future has never looked brighter. A uh, who's who of Miles Morales Spider-Creators have been webbed together to make this the best anniversary special of all time. Uh, MMSM, Team Supreme, Salad and Ahmed, and Carmen Carnero show off Miles' new suit designed by Chase Conley, and it looks fantastic, and kick off his 11th year, which is promising to be the biggest one yet. The creative Miles behind Miles Morales' movie, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and two time Oscar nominee Kemp Powers celebrate Miles' birthday in style with Miles' co creator, Sarah Pacelli. And that's not even all the candles we're putting on Miles' cake. Do not miss this anniversary special. 40 pages. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to to this. And, yeah, that, that new costume looks pretty cool.
0: Yeah, well, if you, you need a little bit of a filler, you need to know where Miles Morales kicked off as well. Marvel are putting out a facsimile edition this month as well. So Miles Morales made his first appearance in Ultimate Fallout number four, co-created by Sarah Pacelli, as Keith mentioned there, and written by Brian Michael Bendis, Jonathan Hickman, and Nick Spencer. So there is going to be that facsimile edition, so a perfect reprint because that is one of the most valuable modern key books. I trust you have a first print of that in your collection. I believe I do. Yes. Oh, you're a wise man. See <laughs> collecting all those Spidey issues for 30 years has finally paid off. Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure.
1: Um, I'm glad to see that, uh, Iron Man 12 by Christopher Cantwell is not the last issue. Um, that will be, that will be continuing. Uh, so gives you a further chance to pick it up. while it's still going, but, uh, Celebrating another birthday, as we celebrate 300 issues of Conan the Barbarian with uh, Conan the Barbarian number 25 by Jim Zob, Christopher Priest, Larry Hama, and Dan Slott. Art by Corey Smith, Roberto Della Torre, uh, Paul Davidson, and Marcos Martin. Uh, Again, a few variant covers for this, but we have The Return of Baylit by Crom and Mitra. It's been 300 issues since Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor-Smith first brought the Barbarian to comics in 1970s, Conan the Barbarian won. Conan's oversized 300su spectacular kicks off with Jim Zub and Corey Smith's ongoing saga as a return to Conan's much lauded days sailing with the Queen of the Caesar South Baylet. But past, present, and future will collide in many ways, unexpected and strange. Sharpen your blade for three additional new tales from across Conan history. Dance Slot enters the Hyborian Age with Marcus Martin in an untold night of oblivion uh, from Conan's thieving days. Larry Hama and Christopher Priest uh, at last return to the saga of their. Of their own news stories from a hot-headed young barbarian in battle to an aged king conan who must defend his kingdom from the re-emergence of Raoul, the devourer
0: of souls so uh, that's looking action-packed alan well as you know i'm a conan convert these days so of course mm-hmm. i will be on that uh yeah there's a temptation to go back and read some of the earlier conan stuff as well but uh i think i have enough of my reading pile at the moment but <laughs> that's fair to say um, before we we sort of finish off on the single issues, I just want to throw a wee little bit of a shout out to some of the covers this month are absolutely stunning in the Marvel book. Um, Fantastic Four Life Story Number Four, especially, which is uh, just this beautiful sort of blue sky. Um, New York skyline. You've got Galactus's helmet and shadow in the background. The Silver Surfer in the foreground just is amazing. You've got an amazing uh, Adam Hughes cover for Black Widow as well with the smoking gun. You have a absolutely amazing Daredevil cover as well there. Marco Checchetto, Bullseye, and a sort of stained glass window effect. Obviously, Daredevil deals so heavily with you know religion and and Catholic guilt and so forth. Just thought it was worth mentioning, some of the covers in this month's book are just absolutely beautiful. You've got Alex Ooh. Ross doing all his great work as well, Fantastic Four, Iron Man. Uh, I mean, he, he somehow makes an Iron Man book look good and everything. <laughs> Easy, Tiger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we continue on through the the sort of Star Wars part, you know, War of the Bounty Hunters is continuing. You're up as far as issue four this month. There's a couple of more one-shots for that and, of course, tie-in issues with the you know Bounty Hunters, Dr. Aphra, Darth Vader and so forth. But yeah, lots of good, uh, lots of good Marvel trades and hardcovers to look at this month as well. I mean, the main one that sticks out to me for material is I've just absolutely been adoring Daniel Warren Johnson's Better A Bill, and it is hitting trade paperback. Mm. And oh, this is this is such a book, such a book. Yeah,
1: it's been a great. Uh, of the first four issues out now. A uh, story called uh, Argent Star. Uh, and i've really been enjoying it um the inclusion of odin and uh, the executioner
0: pit patrol um yeah very very cool stuff yeah so you better a bill trade paperback there is a reprint for possibly one of marvel's best ever stories is it fair to say
1: yeah i said yeah i absolutely agree with you it's uh, Hawkeye by matt fraction and david adge it's the saga of barton and bishop trade paperback there's an alex ross cover to this one uh written by matt fraction Penciled by David Adja and also Javier Peludo, Steve Lieber, uh, Jesse Ham, Francesco Francavilla, Annie Wu, Chris Iliopoulos and Alan Davis. It's the complete uh, acclaimed run in a single sharpshooting volume. With Young Avengers Kate Bishop by his side, Clint Barton continues to fight for justice and good old rooftop barbecues. He's hoping for some downtime from being one of Earth's mightiest heroes. But when the apartment building he's moved into and the neighbours he's befriended are threatened by tracksuit wearing dog abusing gang of Eastern European mobsters who say bro an awful lot. Clint must stand up and defend his new adopted family any way he can. It's hot guy, kitty, Kate, pizza dog, uh, and friends against the clown, Madam Mask, and the tracksuit Draculas, and uh, uh, more in a fantastic Eisner Award-winning reinvention of the Arrow of Avenger. Bro, you read this book, okay, bro? It's uh, <laughs> collecting Hawkeye guy uh, from 2012, first 22 issues, which is the entire run, and the annual and also, Young Avengers Presents number six. So I'm going to
0: be bagging this one. Yeah, the blurb just doesn't do that justice. It's a, it's an amazing, amazing story. It was, when I first started reading Marvel comics, uh, obviously I've always been more of a DC guy, I read more Marvel now, but the, the titles that got me into Marvel were the sort of outsiders titles almost. I wasn't reading Avengers, I wasn't reading Spider-Man. The first two titles that really got me into Marvel, one was Hawkeye by Fraction and Asia, and the other was uh, Daredevil by Mark Wade and uh chris samney and there's definitely something to be said about the stylistic um, comparisons between those two titles but that Hawkeye title is amazing and the there was an omnibus came out that contained all of this as well but with an omnibus you're sort of talking hardcover bound maybe around the 90 pound mark this is tremendously good value it's got a 45 dollar price point so probably 40 pounds and as keith says there's you know the 22 issues plus the annual plus new young avengers Cannot recommend that enough. That is definitely within some of the best stuff Marvel's put out in the last sort of decade or two. Uh, Another thing I wanted to throw a bit of attention towards, simply because we kind of keep the Amazing Spider-Man one in stock, Uh, Marvel have started this new line called Mighty Marvel Masterworks, and what these are reprints of classic Marvel stories from the very beginning. Uh, They're really well priced. They come in at around £14.50. So as I say, we've already had amazing spider-man volume one i believe next week fantastic four volume one's coming out well the two solicited this month you have are the incredible hulk number one so that is uh collecting the early incredible hulk stuff stan lee jack kirby steve ditko and then we're also getting uh the mighty thor uh volume one as well which is going to contain material from journey in the mystery and again that's your stan lee your jack kirby these are just they're great entry points both for seasoned readers like ourselves who maybe want to go back to the beginning but also for new year readers and also younger readers because you know I, I always say it to people when they come into, into the store if you're buying comics for anybody 12, 13 and above easy as you like you can recommend nearly anything but some of the great early Marvel stuff that you know Stanley and Jack Kirby and Dicko and so forth did it was the epitome of all ages books so these will be really good books for for younger readers as well so Keep an eye out for those because, again, the the amazing Spider-Man one, I'm having difficulty just keeping it in stock at the moment. Uh, Flies out as soon as it comes in. A couple more trades just to point out. I believe there's another one you wanted to give a bit of attention to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mostly because it's right up your street. Um, And that's the Marvel's Project, Birth of the Superheroes, trade paperback, new printing uh, by Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting with a cover by Steve McNiven. So, uh, this was a... uh, This was a book from i think about 10 or 15 years ago maybe um who is the mysterious old man who lies on his deathbed in a hospital in 1939 and how does his passing mark the beginning of the first heroic age of the marvel universe ed brubecker and steve epting unveil the defining story of the rise of the superhumans revealing the hidden connections that unite the earliest costume champions the reverberations that are being felt dramatically into the present day in a world on the brink of war the race is on to create the first super soldier Witness the earliest days of the human torch and the submariner and more, how they shaped the world to come and how the future would create and turn they would create and turn shape them. A must read saga for any Marvel fan from the award winning creators who redefined Captain America, collecting the Marvel's Project number one to eight, 224 pages of Ed Brubecker classic Marvel Goodness.
0: Yeah, I need to get on that. I mean, I absolutely love Marvel's. I always refer to Marvel's as uh, the closest thing Marvel has to Watchmen in terms of just how perfect it is in terms of the storytelling uh, obviously that was Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross but that's not a bad team of Baker and Epstein on that one I have to say uh, and then just one last thing just to finish off with uh, and again there, these books will be in store so there's far more than what we're going into here but Omnibus has been selling more and more in store and people have been collecting these more and more And again, there's going to be some new printings of Marvel stories from the start, so if you want your deluxe massive editions, there's a couple of good ones being solicited here. You've got Doctor Strange Omnibus Volume 1, and you've got the X-Men Omnibus Volume 1. And the thing is, with Omnibus at the moment, it seems to be that you really got to pre-order them to 100% guarantee them during this previews window. Sometimes if you try to order them a little too closer to release date, there's actually none left, so... Uh, but yeah, that that's pretty much the Marvel book in a nutshell. But yeah, there's there's tons of stuff there we didn't even go into. You know, continuing titles, new X trades, you know, event trades, things like that. But again, you can find the info online, or you can pop in the store and have we flick through the uh, the previous book there as well. So that just leaves us then with the indie book to go through, where of course we'll be covering everything from Image, Dark Horse, Dynamite, Boom, and so forth, and. And again, it's, a, it's another strong month. So we'll kick things off as we always do with Image, the images. They're always first up in the book. Uh, what have we got first up here? Looks like
1: an interesting one from Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. It's a mind-bending sci-fi uh, called Primordial. Um, it's a Cold War thriller in this six-issue miniseries by the best-selling and Eisner award-winning creative team behind Gideon Falls. In 1957, the USSR, USSR launched, launched the dog, Laika, into Earth's orbit. Two years later, the USA responded with two monkeys, Abel and Becker. These animals were never returned, but on bonus to everyone, they did not die in orbit. They were taken, and now they are coming home. Uh,
0: so very interesting, uh, very interesting first issue of a, of a six-parter there. Yeah, great creative team on that, as you say, from the, the team behind Gideon Falls. I love the, the little blurb of the high-intensity sci-fi storytelling of 2001 A Space Odyssey meets Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley's Wii 3. So I think that's going to be a big one this month, and it's it's rightly up there as one of Image's first titles they're showing off. Another one that uh, I like the look of is one called Frontiersman. So this is a brand-new number one. doesn't specify it's a miniseries or an ongoing but this is written by Patrick Kindlin, an artist on this is Marco Ferrari. Uh, patience, Conviction, Revenge, uh, they return with an all-new series. Uh, classic Green Arrow-style adventure blends with the thoughtfulness of concrete in a superhero odyssey for mature but uncynical readers. Uh, Frontiersman is coaxed out of retirement by an environmentalist group, only to find that being a spokesperson makes him a target for old and new enemies alike. For the superhero reader looking for more. Classic mm. yeah, sort of classic green arrow type stuff. A very adventury. I thought the, the preview art for this looked pretty fantastic. Uh I see there actually it's it's actually done as an ongoing series, so this could be a little bit of a longer run. But again, the preview art for this looks fantastic. Uh spe- lovely. Speaking of fantastic looking books.
1: Yeah, from Frontiers Man to Adventure Man. Uh so we have the return of Adventure Man from Matt Fraction and the, the Dodsons. Uh, start of the second arc to the greatest unknown as new york city teeters on the brink of a strange armageddon claire tries the adventure man mantle on for size just in time to face the monstrous evil that vanquished her predecessor only he didn't have a family like hers so this is a september 22nd release and i love the first four issues of this seems like ages since we've had an issue Uh, they tend to be a wee bit oversized and i'm i'm really looking forward to
0: yet to the return of uh, the Conley family and, uh, and, uh, and Claire and uh, Adventure Man. And, yeah, if you want to play catch-up on that, there is this glorious hardcover of it. It's slightly oversized, uh, which contains the first four oversized issues, as Keith says. Um, September's also going to bring to an end uh, a series that we've, you know, highlighted and enjoyed and dissected going on about four years now, I would say, three to four years, and that series is Die. So... As we had surmised at the start, as we uncovered it through the uh, the way the, the book was packaged, it was always going to end at number 20. The the single issues had a flat die on the back cover, and each uh, issue number was always highlighted. So it's going to end at number 20. And of course, they're not giving much away, as you would like to know. Uh, written by Kieran Gillenard by Stephanie Hans. The Bleed Part 5, You Can Never Go Home, said Saul, way back in issue 2. Let's see if he was right. So they don't want to give away too much there. Uh, mm-hmm. What have we got next? You had mentioned Ed Brubaker, of course, in uh, the Marvel book, but he's back with an image <laughs> book as well. He
1: is an image book with uh, with his uh, with Sean Phillips uh, and uh, and Jacob Phillips, and that's the next book in the Red Hot Reckless series. Uh, we've enjoyed the first two hardcovers that have come out, which is just a they just they these legends have just bucked the trend of, of single issues and and what should work and have are, are releasing three or four hardcovers a year so the best-selling crime noir masters ed brebecker and sean phillips bring us a new original graphic novel starring troublemaker for hire ethan reckless it's now 1988 and ethan has been hired for his strangest case yet finding the secrets of a los angeles a los angeles real estate mogul how hard could that be right but what starts as a deep dive into the life of a stranger will soon take a deadly turn and ethan will risk everything that still matters to him another smash hit from the award-winning creators of reckless pulp my heroes have always been junkies criminal and killer be killed
0: and a must have for all brew baker and phillips fans can't argue with that i would just remove that for all brew baker and phillips fan line and just leave it as a must have uh, yeah. these these books have been fantastic so far great selling in the store you know great word of mouth critically very acclaimed this needs to be turned into uh to a netflix show i think because it's just incredible and yeah from two masters of their craft I'd mentioned in the intro that uh, that one of the reasons I thought Image had such a strong month is because so many of the titles that we've been enjoying are hitting trade this month and there really is an absolute wealth here. You've got the Good Asian Hitting Trade with Volume 1. That's from Porn Sack and Alexander Tefegni and Lee Lockridge on uh, Colours as well. So we've been enjoying that Noir story. We've got... Haha, ha Volume One, which is the the clown based anthology. I've certainly been enjoying, written by W. Maxwell Prince, who's been doing Ice Cream Man as well. And you've got a, a plethora of great artists there: Vanessa Del Rey, Gabriel H. Walter, Roger Langridge, etc. That's a really, really good book. I would I would highly recommend. A uh, couple more series you've got Nocteras, so Scott Snyder, Tony S. Daniel, and Tomei Morays. Uh, fantastic dark based action, adventure, sci fi, horror. Everything uh, is hitting trade, and that's going to be containing the first six issues there. You've got Silver Coin Volume 1, so Chip Zdarsky, uh, Kelly Thompson, Ed Brisson, Jeff Lemire, Michael Walsh. Again, that's the, the horror anthology we've been enjoying. For those of you who don't want to spend ridiculous amounts of money on the single issues, because for whatever reason they have massively jumped through the roof, uh, Stray Dogs is hitting trade this month. Uh, this has been a great title i've personally been reading it and collecting it but i felt like i was one of the few it was always pitched as silence of the lambs meets disney which just i thought sounded great uh so the trade's going to contain issues one to five and that's the first story arc because the the end of issue five there is a preview for uh, a second volume and then a couple more trades yeah you've got ultra mega by james Harron this is a uh, a Kaiju book that's been excellent, that's been released as just four issues, but they've all been square bound, sort of 50 pagers. And then I'd have to always mention Deadly Class, hits volume 10 this month as well. So those are all brand new printings, but I see there's a couple of reprints of some great titles as well.
1: Yeah, a couple of reprints of some titles that we've really enjoyed. So we have a reprint of the Blue and Green OG entry paperback. Um, it's the haunting and dark portrayal of a young musician's pursuit of creative genius. The Monstrous Nature of Which which Threatens to Consume Him, as it did his predecessor half a century ago. From creators Ram V and Anand RK, Blue and Green is an exploration of ambitions, expectations, and the horrific depths of their spiraling pursuit. Uh, So uh, really, really interesting. Well, I've already got that, but if you haven't picked it up, uh, certainly do so. And then they've got a reprint of a second printing, which is great for Declan, uh, Bog Bodies OGN. Uh, by Declan Shelby and Gavin Fullerton. An Irish gangster in the run after a job gone wrong stumbles upon a young woman lost in the Dublin mountains. Injured and unarmed, the unlikely pair must try to evade their pursuers and survive the desolate bog that has served as a burial ground for unspeakable murder throughout throughout history. Uh, A cold and poignant story of crime, survival and regret. Uh, Neither sound particularly cheery. Both are phenomenal. (laughs) So uh, if you didn't get the first time around, definitely get this time around.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good month. I mean, we... We, we certainly find in our store, you know, we're probably about 70 30 single issues versus people who like to trade weight. And it's definitely a good month in September if you're trade waiting. There's so many good titles out there. So that's image pretty much sorted. Uh, we did find a couple of good bits and pieces with Dark Horse. Uh, Jeff Lemire has a new book coming out through Dark Horse called Maze Book, which is uh, a five issue mini series. Issue one hits. He's writing and drawing it. And he also has a, a variant cover from. Andrea Sorrentino, his frequent collaborator, as we mentioned there before with Primordial. So from New York Times Best Sign and Eisner Award winning Black Hammer creative Jeff Lemire comes this ambitious and haunting comic series about family, mourning and reality. A lonely building inspector still grieving the loss of his puzzle loving daughter receives a mysterious phone call one night from a girl claiming it's her and that she's trapped in the middle of a labyrinth. Convinced that the child is contacting him from beyond this world, he uses an unfinished maze from one of her journals and a map of the city to trace an intricate path through a different plane of reality on an intense and melancholy adventure to bring his daughter back home. The only way out is in. That sounds fantastic. And Jeff Lemire is one of those uh, one of those creators that you can really trust his work. Uh, you're always going to get something a little bit different, which can never be a bad thing as well. So there was that one, and then another one that actually caught my attention was a title called Tremor Dose. This is actually a a trade paperback. It was a digital series, but it's getting a a full trade release. Uh, It's written by Michael Conrad, and art is by Noah Bailey. So for this one, everyone dreams, but are these dreams our own? Who controls our thoughts when we're sleeping? Gin is a young college student who has been having wildly disturbing nightmares featuring a man she has never met. When she finds a flyer with his picture and the question, have you dreamed this man? She submits to an interview that begins to unravel her perceptions of reality. So just thought that looked really, really strong. And again, it's any digital series that is, I don't want to say deemed worthy enough of print, but if if they think it can reach a, a bigger audience and um, it, it's worth pursuing, then it, it can only be a good thing. So yeah, that is uh, Trimmerdose uh, trade paperback. So those were the Dark Horse things. Take it away, Move. Keith. We're talking we, about dynamite. Do we, it. we
1: are, and it's it's a rare thing, but uh, dare we say it? Yes, we dare. <laughs> Ash is back, baby. <laughs> After his most recent appearance in Dynamite Lives, Ashley Williams is retired, settled down, haunted by dead, the Deadites and their no- Necronomicon no more. Wait, no, that ain't right. None of that is true. In fact, not only is Ash still haunted by deadites in the Necronomicon, but he's haunted by both of them in the 1970s. Kids, ask your parents. Parents, ask yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) And what does he find in the South Bronx in the late 1970s? Gangs. And what of those gangs found? The Necronomicon. And what does that make the gangs? Badass? Mm Mm-hmm. Dynamite proudly presents a brand new Army of Darkness series written by Rodney Barnes of Philadelphia fame, uh, a man who it was our pleasure to interview some months back, drawn by Tom Garcia and featuring an awesome array of cover artists. Um, so this is Army of Darkness 1979 number one, uh,
0: and I think it's was it five or six issues? Usually with the Dynamite series, you'll you'll hit five or six issues. Yeah, it doesn't a hundred percent specify here, but. Of course, he's brought along his Philadelphia co-creator, Jason Sean Alexander, to do uh, some covers, including the cover A, but there's also some variants with uh, Jason Sean Alexander. So believe it or not, kids, we are doing it. We are recommending a Dynamite title. And <laughs> you can't go wrong with Armageddon Darkness stuff, I find, as well. Uh, on the IDW side of things, I just wanted to spotlight a new printing for a hardcover collection because this is actually one of the most requested... Uh, things in our store but trying to get the original printings of these has proven very very difficult uh, i say hardcover actually it's going to be a trade paperback collection which means it's going to keep the cost down as well which is good so this is the teenage mutant ninja turtles idw collection of volume one so you've got creators working on this such as series original creators kevin eastman tom waltz brian lynch eric burnham and artists dan duncan Mateus Santalucu. Franco Uro, Andy Kun Valerio Shiti amongst others and this is going to basically collect the first 12 issues of IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ongoing series plus also the Raphael, Michelangelo, Donatello, Leonardo and Splinter micro series one shots as well so it, it gets requested in store all the time but it's just very very tricky to get those uh, those original printings certainly at a good price anyway. Uh, so what else have we got we move on to boom studios Uh, the first one up is a new horror title shock horror once Mm -hmm. again Uh, maw number one this is going to be a five issue mini series this is written by jude ellison s doyle and illustrated by a.l Kaplan. they had me straight away here because they said a provocative horror series perfect for readers of redlands and something is killing the children there you are Ah, they know how to get us. Uh, So what happens when one woman becomes the real monster society has always made her out to be? Dragged by her sister Wendy to a feminist retreat on a remote island of Angita, Marion Angela Weber hopes to gain some perspective and empowerment that isn't at the bottom of a bottle. But everything is horribly derailed after an assault on their first night here. The violent encounter awakens something in Marion she never imagined, triggering warped mutations in her body and awakening a hunger she can't bring herself to name. When the townsfolk react with suspicion and violence, what unforgivable act will transform Marion into the very monster they've made her out to be? A provocative five-issue horror series by award-winning journalist and opinion writer Jude Ellison S. Doyle, artist A.L. Kaplan that explores the anger of women trapped by society's expectations and the reclamation of power through collective rage. Perfect for readers of Something Is Killing The Children. Let's move on to some happier content. (laughs) What have you got up from Boom Studios, Keith? Uh, we're
1: going for a little uh, Western sci-fi for something of fans of Firefly, even those I think who haven't been reading the current series from a, uh, a good body of the podcast, uh, and that's Firefly River Run number one. I think it's a one-shot. Uh, uh, how did Simon save River from the terrifying hands of Blue? The great lengths Doctor Simon Tam had to go to in order to save his only sister River from her captors are finally revealed in this special standalone issue. Follow Simon's fall from grace as he risks it all and races against time to save River, even as she struggles to hold on to her sanity. The truth of River's life in the Alliance Academy facility, what really happened to her there, and the origin of Firefly's greatest sibling bond is finally revealed by writer David S. Boer, Cantor, Uh, that's what they're saying, and uh, artist André Genolnet from Runaway. So, yeah, we had uh, we had interviewed uh, David uh, many moons ago now, whenever uh, whenever Cando was uh, was out
0: uh, the original I think wasn't it? Yeah, I think uh, I think the Hollow Man was just about to start. They'd been mm-hmm. kind enough to send us a little advance number one. I do wonder how he feels about them uh, getting the wrong initial in his middle name though, because it's David yeah. Emboer.
1: That's exactly what that's exactly what I was, exactly was going to say. Um, that's what they're they're calling him now. But uh, but there you go. Um, I know he's always had a real hankering to write Firefly. Um,
0: yeah, there was an interview a couple of years ago where he was asked, you know, what would your dream project be? And he I think his answer was anything Firefly. So it's mm. it's always nice when it's a fan of the series getting to uh the tell those sort of stories. So And it is
1: a it is a story, it's like a prequel story. It's uh, something that was, you know, brought up in the early early episodes of, of Firefly. Um so getting to go back and write I guess what would now be considered
0: canon mm-hmm. uh,
1: is, is really interesting, really good for David.
0: Cool. Uh, the one last one I wanted to mention for Boom, I'd mentioned it a little bit in the intro about how they seem to be moving into the the deluxe uh, hardcover market. You know, you think of your absolutes with DC, you think of your hardcover image collections, you think of your Marvel omnibuses. Well, they're starting to do this now. They did it last month with Something That's Killing the Children. And um, what they're doing this month is Once in Future Book One Deluxe Edition. So the way they seem to be doing this as well is they release them in two separate editions. So you've got the deluxe hardcover, which comes in at a, a $60 price point, 464 pages. That seems to be their, their entry-level one. But they do this deluxe limited slip edition. So if you think of like a, a DC Absolute, you'll always have a hardcover slipcase that the book sort of rests in. But the way they're doing it is that these slipcases are going to be limited to its first printing. They do come in at the $80 price point, so that's probably going to be around £70 there, thereabouts. But these are ones that we definitely need pre-orders on in terms of uh, knowing if people want those slipcases simply because they are limited to that first print. But again, Once in Future is a title that we can't speak highly enough. It's it's easily one of the best things on the shelves. Karen Gillan, Dan Mora. It's also one of the best-looking books, so to have it in this oversized edition definitely appeals to me even though i have all the single issues that <laughs> they really know how to get us every time don't they
1: absolutely but it is it is such a such a book such a book so if you do have it and you're a sucker like alan then go ahead and uh <laughs> if you don't have it go ahead um so i guess firing off boom and on to ablaze one of the, the smaller press uh uh, I guess, publishers, we have a new issue from the artist of Something Is Killing the Children, uh, where they're Della Dera uh, on, uh, on art and cover art, and uh, the writer is Francesco Artibani. On All Hallows' Eve, a community struggles under the boot of the Nazi war machine when supernatural forces come into play uh, to play a part in the conflict. From best-selling, the artist of the Best-Selling Something Is Killing the Children comes a Halloween tale that will send shivers up your spine. It's World War II and the struggle between good and evil is in full force. In Prague, the great Bohemian city is being oppressed by the Nazi occupation and the population lives in terror while the resistance forces try to organize themselves in the shadows. It is an almost impossible task. With the ruthless SS tightening their grip on every street and neighborhood with overwhelming light, only only one hope feeds the struggle, a crazy hope which rests on the fragile foundations of an ancient monstrous legend. This is He Who Fights Monsters Number One, uh, and as I say, it's uh,
0: Werther Della la Darryl on art. So uh, I'm certainly there for the first issue anyway. Yeah. And again, this is another one that we we highly recommend getting on the old pre-order list because a blaze is not the biggest of labels and getting those later, uh, getting those first prints closer to the time can always prove tricky. So if that sounds good to you, do let us know. We'll get that on your pull and make sure you don't miss it. I mean, again, following creators, the, the story sounds great anyway, but uh, the art and Something is Killing the Children is, is just as impressive as the writing, so that'll definitely be one I'll be on myself. Outside of that, we've got some a couple of new Aftershock titles, uh, the first one being from uh, writer Ron Mars, an art by Marco Castiello, and this is called Almost American, so a brand new number one. They don't always specify with Aftershock, but nine times out of ten, it's a five-issue mini-series, uh, and then they collect trades, and then if it does well enough, they'll maybe continue it on. But for this one, it's a it's a spy story, so it's straight away it has my attention. Uh, spies like us. In 2008, husband and wife Russian intelligence operatives walked into the U.S. Embassy in the Dominican Republic in order to defect, making a deal to trade secrets for new lives. But instead of the American dream, Janosh and Victoria Newman found themselves caught up in red tape bureaucracy and turf wars between the FBI and CIA, all while their past tried to kill them. Based on the real life story of real life spies, Almost American is written by comics master Ron Mars in close consultation with the Newmans with art by rising star Marco Castiello. So yeah, some really cool preview art for that one as well. And then I'd mentioned how they're nearly always five-issue miniseries, but Aftershock have also started doing these prestige format one-shots where they will essentially do larger stories, and it's all in one. So with this one, it's called Ten Years to Death, written by Aaron Douglas and art by Cliff Richards. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) I may have to check that out. Uh, I think that's just a coincidence. But yeah, this one, I mean, come on, look at those first seven words. The Shawshank Redemption meets The Sixth Sense what more do you need inspired by an eerily bone chilling true story a newly hired prison guard a notorious mass murderer finally incarcerated for his crimes and the death that binds them together what happens when the murdered becomes the murderer a prestige format one shock featuring top creative talent 10 years to death is a horrific unnerving tale conceived and written by Aaron Douglas uh, who was chief from the iconic TV series Battlestar Galactica and drawn by Cliff Richards not the same one Uh, Also offered as a signed edition limited to a 1,000 copies, and each copy will be signed by Aaron Douglas as well. So, But yeah, just as a prestige format, one shot, we've talked again about horror, 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 no matter how many times we do previews. Uh, There seems to be tons of horror titles. Uh, What else have we got? Moving on from that, there's AWA Comics. This is probably one that would appeal to myself more than Keith, because... I know you haven't really been reading The Resistance, which is J. Michael Straczynski's sort of superhero book for mm. AWA. But I you up, might.
1: Uh, picked up the first, the. the um, first trade? Kind of, yeah, the first trade, The Resistance. Mm. Um, never really went back to it. There was The Moths after that, wasn't there? And then Telepath now.
0: There's The Resistance Uprising as well, which is sort of like the second volume. But you never know. You could be tempted by this just because, as well as written by Straczynski, it's drawn by Steve Epton. so this is telepaths number one so again with AWA it it always tends to be sort of five to six issue miniseries but with this one this is the brand new epic from comic book legends Straczynski and Epting an electromagnetic disturbance results in the sudden awakening of a telepathic powers in a tenth of the earth's population In the moments after the world comes to grip with this development, newly telepathic Boston police find themselves sent against a wrongly convicted prisoner who becomes a hero and leader of other telepaths trying to escape a world in which their powers will make them targets. Both are heroes of their own story and the future may depend on whether or not trust can be found between them. So, yeah, I mean, I'm always all in for all of the the AWA titles and uh, the stuff Straczynski's doing is really, really cool. So, that is one there. A little bit of a genre piece that caught my eye. I do love a good noir story or a good crime story. This is actually a book from Titan Comics written by Charles Ardai and artist is Anghor Kiang, And this is a four-issue mini series called Gun Honey. This is a brand new number one. It even comes with a little bit of a blurb from Ed Brubaker who says the finest kind of pulp noir. So this one is the weapon you need, where you need it, when you need it, she'll get it. When a gun smuggled into a high-security prison leads to the escape of a brutal criminal, weapons smuggler Joanna Tan is enlisted by the U.S. government to find the man she set loose and bring him down. So that just sounds like an 80s action flick to me, so I can get on board with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Obviously, 80s action flick. You you have me right there. Um, So skipping on to Vault Comics and the end of our, uh, I guess, our previews podcast for September... Uh, Vault have got a a book called World of Darkness number one out. I believe it's the, the a World of Darkness event. The World of Darkness is um, uh, the White Wolf uh, Publishing Company uh, is their um, RPG world, which features vampire, werewolf, mage, hunter, a uh, whole lot of others. Uh, but this is this is an event, uh, a World of Darkness event. Cecily Bean has become everything she never wanted as the prince of the twin cities but her rule over a fractured backbiting vampire court is interrupted by an intruder something big hairy and full of teeth good she was missing a good scrap there's worse living in the shadows than vampires rip open the doors to the world of darkness as rpg comic king jim zub joins the writing team that brought you vampire the masquerade winter's teeth for his oversized events series so it uh, looks like this is a uh I think it's a mini series. Uh but Jim Zub's involved along with Tini Howard, Blake Howard, and uh, Tim Seeley, uh Danny Lower. So there's there's a lot going on here. Um so if you're a if you're a fan of the World of Darkness stuff, the White Wolf books uh, and the White Wolf Wolf games, then this this might be for you.
0: Yeah, and then one other Vault series that sounded really, really cool, uh written by Peter Milligan. So I've been enjoying quite a lot of his stuff recently, American Ronin being the, the big standout. Uh, and the artist in this one is Sally Cantriano. And this is uh, called Human Remains, so a brand new number one. Dax and uh, Bisa love each other, but in this new and terrifying world, love is dangerous. Feeling anything is dangerous. Earth has a new and terrible invader monsters that deprive us of the very feelings that make us human. A shocking tale of pent up emotions, previously loud sex, and forced composure in the face of unspeakable horror from one of the most celebrated writers in comics, Peter Milligan, and breakout horror artist, Sally Cantrino. Uh, so yeah that is human remains number one and that pretty much finishes off our recommended titles for the july previews book releasing september 2021
1: and when's the cutoff date for those alan
0: and the cutoff date the cutoff date again for this is going to be the 21st of july so a good couple of weeks to get your ducks in a row check out the titles that appeal to you the most and uh see what titles you'd like added i mean as ever you can always get in touch drop us um Drop into the store, we can get titles out of your pull There's tons of ways to get in touch, all of which will be listed, of course, at the end of the show. So, yeah, tons of good stuff to look forward to there from uh, from all books. And again, the books will always be in store, so if you're popping down to us, you want to have a wee quick flick through, you can get more details on it there. So
1: we will be back very shortly with another reviews episode and uh, we're quickly approaching our 150th
0: episode Uh, so I'm sure we'll have something special for you then we might just have something already recorded but we will not say any more than that so but yeah keep an eye for uh, episode 150 it's going to be a good one but uh, that's going to do it for a previous one we'll see you back for reviews very soon I'm alan taylor and this has been keith miller you can find alan in store at coffee
1: and heroes and on twitter where alan is at coffee and heroes one and i'm a 0 zero zero coffee and heroes is a local comic book shop coffee shop and community hub
0: in northern ireland based at smithfield market in the center of belfast you can find coffee and heroes on facebook twitter and instagram or email us at coffee and heroes at hotmail.com make sure to check out our youtube channel as well